Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Amanda. This year we set out to take our family off the back burner and into focus, one hike at a time. Join us each week as we discuss topics on family, faith, and outdoors. This is the Off-Grid Family Podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to week three of the Off-Grid Family Podcast. Welcome back, and this week we're going to be talking about our hike to the top of Horsetooth Rock. Yeah, it was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It was really cold. Yep. Covered in snow and ice, but it was really, really pretty. Yeah, yeah, we got to break out the micro spikes this time. Yeah, and by breakout, I mean we had to, like, we were walking in the door at 9 o'clock at REI, and... In fact, that's a story I'd love to share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to get straight to it. Just let out all your anger. This is a good place for you to vent. I have issues with men who work in, like, outdoor stores. And this was... I used to work in an outdoor store. I'm not going to specify which one. But I feel like sometimes when I walk in the door, they're pointing me towards what's cute as opposed to what's, like, technical or practical. And so I go in and I ask him for these micro spikes. And he just kind of blows me off. I'm like, buddy buddy, I really need these today. Like, do you have any, well, we don't have any in this size. And it's just like the whole situation. I'm like, okay, fine. So long story short, he didn't take me seriously because I was a female asking for some technical gear. And so I go up to the front with like the off brand. I got the great hair for Matt because, you know, he's a man and he has normal size feet. And I went and spoke to the woman and she said, you know, they have these for women too. I was like, yeah, the guy back there, they didn't have any. And she said, we have eight. Excuse me one moment. And she went and like chewed the guy out. But man, it's frustrating. I feel like that doesn't happen to men as often as it does to women who are going in there. It's like, no, please don't show me what's cute. To be fair, it happens to me in the prom dress store. So it does happen to you in the prom dress store. But how often are you in there, honey? Uh, Pretty often. That's a good point. Equality for everyone. Oh, yeah. my word. So and, so we had a anger-fueled hike uh, <laughs> to the top of Horsetooth. Got to use our micro spikes. There's a couple, like, icy patches. And it was overall, I think, a good time. I think that we're both still recovering. Mm-hmm. Four days later, I have had hip problems since then, which makes me sound super old. He's not old. He's not even 30 years old I yet. I know. You're old. I'm now 30 years old. And I'm starting to feel it. I feel like the day you turn 30, everything starts to fall apart. I felt like that four years ago. Yeah, I don't think... Wait until you're 30 and then call me. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. No, it... um, I think Horsetooth Rock itself, let's just... As a quick explanation, it is about 4.9 miles, and it is just under 1,400... I was about to say 14,000. 14,000 feet in elevation gain. It is 1,400 feet in elevation gain. And so it was quite a jaunt to the top and covered in snow and ice. And I think on the way up, most of our energy was probably used trying to make our footsteps count because you would take a step and then your feet would slide like one or two inches backwards. And you'd be using like all of your stabilizer muscles to like keep yourself from moving backward every foot. And then eventually I think about less than a, a quarter of a mile from the top, we finally just put those things on and big game changer. Oh yeah. They actually yeah. work. They were, they were wonderful. Yeah. They're called yak tracks with an X and I would highly recommend them. They're not like the ones that you're going to go up like a 14 or on. They were the, they're almost like these, like a, a nylon elastic string with spiky beads. So it's <laughs> spiky beads. <laughs> Sounds like a fourth graders art project. <laughs> <laughs> could be, could be, but it was, um, yeah, they, they didn't like 
cause any injury when I was putting them on or off. The spikes were not that big. <laughs> so I was very happy. Thank you, Yak Tracks. It was our first toe into traction gear. So we appreciated having those on board. And I feel like those will get us through most anything we're going to try this year. So we're going to jump into the happy crappy. What is your happy crappy of this one? I mean, I feel like my happy was just that we got to the top of Horsetooth. And we've seen it every day since we moved out here. It was like the first thing that we saw. Like It's like the local... Like, natural thing. It's the first natural thing we saw when we got out here. And yeah, it's been like this looming thing over us that we've been trying to conquer since we moved out here. And we finally did it. It was one of those that we wanted to do together yeah. and not separately. And it's if you look at All Trails app, that's like our favorite app um, this year. But it is rated as hard. It's the first one we've done that's rated as hard this year. We did a couple last year that were like, yeah, that that was pretty brutal. Um, this one I wouldn't really classify as hard, I don't think. Maybe during the summer it would be like a moderate. I think just because of the snow and the ice, it definitely felt like a hard. Mm-hmm. And there is a set at the very end where you're scrambling up the rock face to get to kind of this uh, rocky knob, literally at the very top of this mountain. That's a terrible word, is it? Knob? We knobbed it. Oh, that sounds gross. That might mean something. I'm not sure it means. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to ask. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't tell me um, if it is. But it it was beautiful. I think it was one of those things where we wanted to do it together. But elevation gain, because we were from sea level, we just didn't have it in us the first few months. And then life got cold. And then... I've got busy, so we're grateful to have an opportunity to finally get it done. And I got to tell you, the view, probably the best view we've seen since moving to Colorado outside of like Rocky Mountain National Forest, which was really encouraging because this place is less than 15 minutes away from our house. Mm -hmm. I'd say American Lakes is probably up there as well. That was also like a two hour drive in a nine mile hike. Absolutely. And that one was, we're going to go back to that one. That will have to happen this year because that was probably the greatest feat I've ever accomplished in my life. Yeah. Was surviving that particular trip. We're just going to have to do a whole podcast just on American Lakes the first time and the next time. (laughs) We have to do it again. Oh, I'm doing it again. That was my favorite. If you can top another hike in than American Lakes here in Northern Colorado, please leave that in the comment section because I challenge you. I don't think you can. It's perfect. It's hard, but it's perfect. And there were there were mooses. Yeah, that's gonna have to go on there too, because yeah, that yeah. was that was just such an adventure. But horse tooth rock, definitely. If you have not gotten a chance to do that, if you're a local here and you haven't done it, just go do it. Just go do it. It's the best afternoon we've spent probably since the beginning of the, the year. So we're very happy about it. Seconded. Matt, if you had to rate the first three hikes that we've done so far, which one would you say was your least favorite? Coyote Ridge. Coyote Ridge. I think I agree. And then. Bobcat. Then Bobcat and... Then Horsetooth. Then Horsetooth. I think I agree. So looks like every hike we've had since the beginning is getting better. I think most of that has to do with just the hikes being a little more difficult and trailing as opposed to handicap acceptable. But to be fair, Coyote Ridge had some awesome parts. Like the fact that it's right south of town. You can get up and down pretty quick. You're there. Bobcat Ridge had some awesome parts. It's not too far away. You know, it's about the same distance as Horsetooth. A little farther, I guess. But it was just out there. It was a really cool natural area, uh, really beautiful scenery. Just not a challenging hike and less good of views. So if I was going to, I don't know, if I was tired one afternoon wanted to take Desi on a hike, I would go to Bobcat easily. Oh, yeah. I think the, the best part about Coyote is it's right there and it's next to a pizza joint. The best part of Bobcat is it's the same difficulty level as Coyote Ridge, but it is... A little more isolated. You're not looking at cars. You're not looking at cars for a whole mile. And then 
Horse Youth was was hard. It was definitely a workout. It was awesome. But I feel like this was the first trail worthy. Like I felt like I was hiking this time as opposed to just taking a walk. So that was very welcome. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. We've been walking for two weeks and now we're hiking. Legit hiking. Yeah. And that's going to kind of transition very quickly into what we're talking about today. But um, you said that was your happy. Before I get too far ahead, I want to know what your crappy was. I don't know whether it was just I was sore or I got man flu or what. But after that, Sunday, Monday, and today, I just haven't felt very well. Just been real tired and sore. So that's probably it. There's like lingering effects to not being in shape. I think that's probably the the worst part of it. I think you just have a cold. Yeah. And that didn't help. Yeah, that's probably it. Let's go with that. Yeah. Yeah. So you admit that I'm sick and that you have to take care of me? I'm not going to take care of you for a man cold. No. Speaking of equality, ladies, man cold. (laughs) I always take care of you. I'm actually sick. If I have to ask you for help, Ah! I am dying. I am like, you might as well call The Undertaker because it is like I'm within days of having to update my will and just keel over. You ask for help the first moment that you inhale like dust particles. How do you know I'm not like super sick right now and just toughing it out? Yeah, you're not. I didn't say anything on date morning yesterday. Mm Mm-hmm. I did really well. Yeah, I'm... Man flu. I'm just going to leave it. Wait, was that sarcastic? Ways. Yes, or was that... Man flu. Oh, my gosh. I love you, but... I love you, too. Yeah, so we'll, <laughs> we'll move on from this before I get more trouble. <laughs> but what was, uh, what was your happy? The summit was insane. The summit was absolutely insane. So you get up to the top of the hike, and then if you decide to, you can get up. Like, you, you're literally just kind of scrambling, is one word to say. I think it's, to a degree, almost bouldering when you have that much gear on your back. You're or climbing a child. Your yeah, or a child, and so you're crawling up that last, probably another 25 yards just to get up on top of everything, and what's funny is if you look at Fort Collins and if you look out on the horizon, you can see Horse Tooth from a very far away, and it looks massive. When we were right up on it, it didn't look that big, nah. and when we were standing on it, it looked even smaller, probably because we could see the edges of, you know, this massive drop-off on all four sides with the kiddo. So that was exciting, but um, I think that was my favorite. I mean, it was just, you could see in all directions. Horse Tooth is the tallest peak in that area, so um, you saw this massive valley. You can kind of see where the ridgebacks go all the way down towards, I think in my mind, I was having a hard time trying to place where the other two hikes were compared to this one, but understanding this massive, just like huge valley that goes right behind Horse Tooth and goes from, I guess that's north to south, for a while until it gets to the next set of foothills. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what so pretty. it is. So it definitely pretty. gave me an idea Yeah, of where we were. Yeah, I, I agree. It was pretty cool out there. It was kind of scary with Desi. He was not having it. I don't think Desi likes heights very much. Which and, is just like you. Yeah, and so he was kind of like flailing a little bit while he was on my back, and I don't like heights very much. And so <laughs> while he was flailing, it was kind of making me off balance, and it's not like a flat rock thing. It's like a big dome, like a knob. And so, like yeah, and so, you know, if I fall, I'm not going to fall off. Like, I'm going to be able to stop myself. But it just feels like I'm going to tumble to my death. And so I was, like, getting frustrated with Desi. I was like, Desi, I didn't tell him this, but I wanted to say, like, Desi, you're going to kill us both. But uh, that was what I was thinking. But it was amazing. And the views were really great and worth it. Yeah. What was your crappy? My crappy was... Honestly, I don't know that I had one. I think the only... The downside was that we started early in the morning. It was super, like... Nobody was out. It was beautiful. There were my two trail runners who were like half ice skating the way down the mountain and you know what to just have to dodge them every once in a while. But 
when we were coming down around 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock, it was crazy busy. And um, so while I thought I was super accomplished in like, oh, look at me, I'm actually pulling this off. Not many people do this during the winter. And then I realized everyone just goes when it warms up and thaws out. But on the way down, it was super busy and super muddy because a lot of the snow and the ice from, you know, it freezes every night and it melts every day. And that makes a massive muddy mess, which that part was not my favorite. And, um, but again, I mean, that was a, a small critique compared to, you know, everything else. I think overall, I was just really happy with this hike. Yeah. I feel like we're starting to kind of get some momentum. Do you feel that? Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, I mean, if we're getting good enough shape to do horse tooth, then that means we're in better shape than when we moved here. Yeah, I think it's, like, physical shape, but then, like, Desi is starting to understand. Right, right. You know, I'm, I'm even noticing some progress with that. Like, the first mm-hmm. hike we did, he was, like, just asking about food the whole time because, you know, he is adopted. And there's uh, a degree of food anxiety that goes into uh, taking care of a kiddo that's been adopted. And so we're actually going to talk about his adoption today, not necessarily his story, but I think it does tie into the topic that we're going to be discussing and he would want to see that food like right in front of it at all times. So we actually just packed him his own little backpack. There's like this perfect Osprey toddler size. I don't even know how many liters it is. It's, it's itty bitty, but it fits him perfectly. There's tons of pictures on the website with him in there. So him having that food really helped calm his nerves. But it also was, you know, like every 10 feet we had to stop to get some food. And so that was the first hike. The second hike, he knew it was in there. He felt a little bit better about it. He wasn't asking as often, but it was still often enough that I was like, no, buddy, we're going to wait till we get here. We're going to wait till we get here. This time, I think he did a really good job as far as waiting until we were at a good spot to ask for food. And then if we said no, not yet, he was really receptive right. to that. So I'm, I'm really happy that, you know, it's like anything you do, you just kind of have to bite the bullet and start somewhere and pray that there's going to be progress down the road and life will get a little easier. But if you don't start, it's never going to happen. Yeah. You know, so he might have a super hiker by the end of the year, or he might just hate hiking. I don't think so, though, because that is kind of his thing. He adores being outside. He really does, especially in, like, the snow, and he just likes water and snow and playing around and running up. He'll run up to me, then I'll run back to Amanda if she's taking a picture, lagging behind, <laughs> and, yeah, he just he just seems to be really happy out there. I think, to a degree, that's just, like, toddler boy. He's 100% boy. 100% man. 100%. He'll get there one day. Yeah, he'll have man flu one day, too. Uh, yeah, and I will not let him milk that either. Yeah. <laughs> I will save his wife. <laughs> Good luck. I will save her. Plagues us all. <laughs> uh, but, uh, um, but yeah, you mentioned the, the topic this week. What is our topic this week? I think our topic this week is just really taking inventory, pausing to take inventory, and looking at the cards that we've been dealt You know, a lot of what we've been talking about so far are goals and establishing goals and creating the best methods. But I think something that's really easy to do, especially with social media and all that other stuff. I sound like an old person when I say that. All that social media. (laughs) On the internets. (laughs) I'm pro-internet and social media. I really am. I'm not that old. But at the same time. We update our MySpace daily. (laughs) But at the same time. There's a degree of sometimes comparing yourself to other families and thinking, you know what? She's got all her crap together. And then I'm sitting here thinking like, my tiny human is alive and that's all I can claim today, you know? And so I think as far as goals go, it's very easy to get wrapped up in the idea of failure and looking at other people's progress and thinking that it's okay. And then that will kind of intimidate you from doing anything else. I think our story can kind of help alleviate that. Matt, you want to kind of share a little bit of our story? 
about Desi and about his adoption. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we, uh, before we got married, we uh, decided that we were going to adopt and we thought we were going to adopt internationally. And uh, yeah, so we decided to adopt and Amanda started calling around a bunch of different places. We thought we were originally going to adopt from Haiti. We'd both done a little bit of relief work, Amanda more so than me, down, down in Haiti. Uh, and then we, we called about that. We didn't meet the requirements. So we talked about Central Africa with a bunch of people. And there was a bunch of genocide going on. And a lot of places you had to have uh, residency to even consider adoption. There were places like South Africa where most children being adopted are HIV positive, which would have been fine, except for the fact that we couldn't afford the medication on two private school teacher salaries at the time. Eventually, we talked to a couple of people that said, you sound like the perfect fit for South Korea. And we asked them why, and they said that they just recently opened up their adoption again. Uh, it used to be the place to adopt from, but they had recently reopened it again. And we met a lot of the requirements, including a body mass index requirement, where you mm-hmm. can't be over 30 BMI, I think. I think it's even less than that. Yeah. But it was this weird requirement where you had to like meet that. And I, so we just kept looking into it. Neither of us knew anything about South Korea, but we did some research and we prayed about it a lot and realized that's where our kid's from. And so we started the process. And a couple years later, we flew over there to pick him up. And we went over one time. We got to meet him for a couple hours. And they said, do you still want him? And we're like, yes, he's our kid. Of course we want him. Flew back a month later and... We pretty much met up with a foster mom at the foster care office. Uh, foster mom hands us Desi to a closing elevator door, and he is separated from the woman he's known for 18 months and has raised him. And we stayed with him in Korea for a week and came back to North Carolina with him. And so he, not known as biological mother, uh, had to be kind of, I don't want to say torn apart from his foster mom, but, you know, in some ways. Yeah, in some ways it was kind of a tearing apart. And so he does have a lot of trauma and a lot of issues with uh, with change just because he's never really sure uh, what's going to change next. Yeah, and we, we share that story not so that we can necessarily just brag, hey, look how complicated it was, but we did it anyway. Uh, the point is to say that we had to embrace the non-conformity style of life very early on because adoption is very complicated. It's very complex. And as much as we thought it was a process before, I think bringing him home and then realizing that's where it starts, that's when it became one of those like, okay, so not only is the way we bring him home and into our family going to be different, but the way that we raise our son is going to have to be different as well. And that's not a bad thing. It's just, again, looking at the cards that we've been dealt, looking and evaluating the gifts that God has individually granted us with as a family. God has granted each one of you and your families with gifts as well. And, and, you know, he has filled your quiver or not filled your quiver for a while. And we definitely want to be sensitive to that. But it says that kids are a blessing, like a full quiver of arrows. And when I think about that, each one of those arrows is drastically different. And we're still trying to get used to the idea of what it means to raise a son who has a history of trauma. So Um, when we thought about our goals, our goals aren't necessarily the same as other parents. You know, I think going into this year, just to kind of give you some insight as what trauma can look like. In fact, I'm going to just ask you a couple questions, Matt. What was one of the most kind of eye-opening moments where you recognize the way that we raise our son is going to be different than maybe completely neurotypical child who had no history of trauma up to this point? Oh gosh. I think just, and I don't know, it's hard for me because I don't know what's just regular kid stuff and what's adopted kid stuff. 
But I think partially the, the tantrums where he just works himself up so much and you can see this panic-stricken look on his face. It's not like he's mad. It's not like he's trying to get his way or he's upset. He's, like, panicked. And it comes a lot of times when he would see pictures of his foster mom because we keep those pictures up around the house. You know, she was an important part of his life and we want to honor her and we don't want Desi to forget who she is. But they would, those huge tantrums would come then. I think another time was uh, when we came out to Colorado and moved across the country. It would be hard on any three-year-old, but especially for Desi, he just reset into this, you know, mode where he, nothing we could say would comfort him. It's almost like he didn't trust us for anything because we uprooted him and moved him somewhere else. And so I think those two things are probably the the biggest times I saw it. Is there any time that stuck out to you? I think the tantrums that you're mentioning, yeah, there is there's a big difference between a t- like a toddler tantrum and then a full out meltdown or panic attack. And you know, our son has you know it was very early on we recognized like he has a degree of PTSD, and you know there are triggers that you know Matt and I are never going to know about because a lot of his story has not been shared with us and probably never will be. So we're kind of trying to address those without knowing the full picture and. Desi, I think the rest of his life will have to address those same questions without the full picture. And that takes a whole lot of trust. It takes a whole lot of faith and it takes a, a lot of humility. I think it laying down whatever plans you have for your family or for your son or in him for himself at the Lord's feet and just really kind of evaluating, okay, well, I had this plan in my mind that I knew that he wouldn't come home loving us unconditionally. I knew that was the case, but at the same time, like a year and a half in, I still kind of wonder sometimes like how long until he actually calls me mom. And to give you some idea of what that timeline looked like, he didn't call me mommy, I don't think until about two months ago. And that was a year and a half after we brought him home. He kissed me on the lips, I think two weeks ago was the first time. He kissed <laughs> other women on the lips, which was exciting. You know, I, I think my mom actually got the first kiss on the lips, which is, I'm so glad it was her and not the stranger at Barnes and Nobles, who he also kissed smack on the lips. And, <laughs> um, oh my gosh. And it was just one of those things where, you know, he, to get attention from the people who were taking care of him in the orphanage initially, he had to act very charming and flattering. And, uh, he felt like he had to earn his worth and his affection. And I think it's, it's hard for him to disengage from that. And we're only now seeing some of those those guards coming down. And we're seeing that vulnerability. And yeah. that's been a very, very big uh, step for us as a family. Mm-hmm. I do remember one time, too, after we brought him home two or three months, where he had like almost touched the stove or something like that. And, uh, you know, to keep him safe, I had to raise my voice a little bit and pull his hand away. And, you know, I tried to do it as gently as possible, but I also didn't want to have him burn his hand or anything he just got really upset understandably and i remember he kind of went back to those cute gestures those like charming gestures that he tried to use on us when we first met him and they worked because he's a charming kid Mm -hmm. like he will flatter the pants off anybody but he came into the the bedroom and we were sitting there and telling him we weren't upset with him that we loved him we just want to keep him safe and he was crying and doing these gestures like tilting his head to the side and smiling making funny faces all while he was bawling his eyes out and just so upset and i think that might have been now that i think about it the first time that i saw uh, okay this is the the hangover from what he experienced yeah it's the trauma talking yeah, yeah. yeah Yeah, and it's hard to dissect. And Mm -hmm. so why do we share all of that? I know that's a a very long-winded explanation um, for something that's probably very foreign to most of you. Um, Hopefully some of you are listening and thinking, yep, 
Amen. Preach it. And the reason why we share that, and we're never going to share any more about our son's story that would ever disrespect him in any capacity. But the thing that we're, I guess we're trying to get at here is that for us, we recognized entering into 2019 that the way that we were going to have to address our goals as a family would look drastically different than the way others would. And something that we recognize is that we have to be aware of our sons. It's almost like a, an invisible disability at this age. And I do think that as he grows older, that will continue to sand and it will always be a part of a story and we'll never negate that. But um, I do think that there's a degree of awareness that we need to be attentive to. Like if there's too much stimulus, we need to be aware of saying, hey, this is too much for us. We're going to leave the party early. Or if he starts to attach himself too much to other people, because that does happen, you know, when other people show him affection, he immediately and instantaneously bonds to that person in a very unhealthy way. So trying to keep healthy boundaries for him and teaching him healthy boundaries. A lot of that means that we're on our own a lot. Like the three of us are at the house by ourselves quite often because we have to help him understand. I think even this week we're teaching him what the word family means. And, you know, yes, we go and play with our friends, but we always come home with our family and rehearsing all these mantras. And so when we wanted to address our family goals for this year, we wanted to bond. That was a massive thing we wanted to do this year. And we wanted to be tight knit and be able to go out and do things together without creating areas of distrust or, or boredom. Because at the house, you just start to get on each other's nerves if you're there all day long, you know? So that was an issue. And we also wanted to build opportunities for trust. And so I think hiking has been one of those, it's not necessarily in an adoption guidebook, like you should hike with your child. But we started thinking, you know, what would really help with trust issues is if we prove to him over and over again, that when we're walking, we're not going to let him fall over that, you know, we're going to have food for him consistently, that we're going to be the ones providing it. So he doesn't walk up to a stranger and ask for a candy bar. He did fall over like three times though. He did, but he didn't fall off anything. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Go us. That's progress. But, you know, things like that where what are the things that we had to address and what are some very creative, sometimes you got to be creative. And I think if we just tried to do the same goals that other families that didn't have the same story we had, we would have just been frustrated and hitting our heads against a wall. And meanwhile, I think you and I are seeing a lot of progress in the things that we really hoped for. Mm -hmm. So many of you, if you've come up with your goals already for the year, I'd love to hear more about them. And I would love if you would share some of those on our off-grid fam website. And so while you're coming up with those goals, or maybe as you're looking at those goals, or maybe you're at that stage in the year already where you're thinking, I've already failed at all my goals. All my resolutions have expired. (laughs) Because February starts next week, friends. Next week. And as soon as that happens, then it's usually like, okay, well, I'm just going to give up and get fat and whatever. But we want to encourage you. And I think one of the biggest hurdles to accomplishing your goals is really just trying to idealize what your life should look like this year. But you're kind of forgetting and, and just trying to ignore the bigger questions that you have. Like in our case, our adoption story is a little different. So we have to take that into account with our goals or our goals are going to fail. We can't fit normal family goals into our family this year. Maybe down the road, that'll be okay. But right now we can't. So in your life, what are some of the things that maybe feel like they're hindering you from achieving your goals? And I'm going to challenge you this week. Maybe think of those instead of something that is hindering you. What is a a way of seeing that as a potential blessing? Because I do think that that blessing, like our story, our son is a, a huge blessing. And we're learning so much from him and about relationship and about 
our relationship with our Heavenly Father and our Adoptive Father throughout this whole process. And we wouldn't have if we had just tried to drive ahead and think, you know what, kid, you got to fit the mold. Go. You know, maybe you have a kid that has autism or some kind of developmental disorder. Um, Maybe your kid has anxiety and that is becoming a crippling thing in your family. Maybe you have anxiety or any of those listed as well, or maybe you're suffering from depression. And yeah, those are hindrances, but at the same time, there is a season to all things. And I do firmly believe that God does provide graces for every single day. And so if we see that as a blessing, I think we're going to have eyes to see the grace that God's going to supply us with every day when we wake up. And so I know with all these hikes, even though there's a potential for a massive toddler meltdown at the top of these mountains, I also know that there is a God who is faithfully going to supply whatever it is I need to survive that tantrum. And if I am faithful to continue parenting the way that God's called me to do it. And I'm pretty sure it's not a potential for a tantrum. I'm pretty sure it's like a guarantee for one tantrum per hike. And that's called a three-year-old. Yep. But yeah, we definitely want to hear your goals. If you want to share them, you can go to myspace.com slash offgridfamily. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have no MySpace. We are not that old in social work. <laughs> but we do have a website, and it is www.offgridfam.com. We also have a Facebook page and an Instagram, and we're starting to get a lot of traction on Instagram. It's not the biggest following, but there are some really fun people and really engaging conversations already. I'm going to have to give some shout outs next week for some of the friends who have helped us find some hikes so far. But um, if you have any recommendations, if you have questions, if you want to reach out, anything like that, or if you just want to share your adventures, we love highlighting other people's goals and stories too. And if you're hiking the 52 hike challenge with us, please share what you're doing because that is just so much more fun and encouraging when we're all kind of on that same trail huh, together. Boo. Um, <laughs> he says we, boo to all my jokes. We also got our first product sponsorship offer. So that was exciting. We didn't take it, but it was exciting. <laughs> it was flattering and it was exciting. It was not something we necessarily believed in. So we had to pass, but that was kind of fun. So if you have a budding local or family or adoption related product that you'd like to help promote, maybe we could partner there. So Give us a call or email or just let us know. Yeah. And we'll definitely reach out and at least continue praying for you while you're on your adventure if we don't partner up. But anyway, all that to say. That's the podcast. That's the podcast. We'll see you next week. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We hope you found this podcast helpful and encourage you to check out our website at offgridfam.com. There you will find weekly reviews of local hikes, updates, blogs, and some fun resources for you and your family. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at off underscore grid underscore family, or find us on our Facebook page by searching off grid family. And finally, if you enjoy our podcast, leave us a review and share us with a friend so we can encourage other families as well. All right, guys, thanks again, and we'll see you next week.